Good morning, everybody. And welcome. During the week, there was a two-page article in the local paper on the, the housing crisis uh, in central Florida. Uh, the reason for the crisis is, is the fact that there's an abundance of uh, low-paid uh, work um, in the service industry. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the amount of sort of available housing is not nearly enough. So what's the answer to that situation? Well, I certainly don't have the answer, and I'm sure you don't either. Uh, over the next week or two, there are several more uh, lengthy articles, I believe, in the Orlando Sentinel, at, at least proposing uh, what needs to be done. When and how it happens, who knows? But in, in the meantime, the question is, for those families uh, who are residing here, who are working in low-paid uh, jobs, um, what are they going to do as far as housing is concerned? What are they doing as far as accommodation is concerned? Um, I know there's plenty of homeless people in the area. Certainly, that's not the answer. Um, living with relatives and friends, that's not the answer either. Uh, I'm told that nowadays, the amount of people living in uh, what we call short-stay motels is enormous. Um, I've heard of short-stay motel motels on and off, but I never really fully understood what it was like. But uh, early in the year, uh, I saw a movie called uh, The Florida Project, which was actually in, in, in the movie, in the cinemas, about two years back. But it's really a story, it's a story of a couple of families living uh, in a motel in, uh, on 192 in Kissimmee, actually sort of just, uh, just in the background of Disney World. And it was sort of scary, to be honest. It was one of those movies that I hated because of the fact that, um, just imagine, sort of put yourself in the situation where you have a family of three or four living in one room with no cooking facilities, uh, no privacy whatsoever. Um, as far as children are concerned, um, no place for them to study. Outside, no facilities, no playing facilities. Uh, so it's just a, a messy situation. And that's exactly what was presented in the movie. But the movie sort of played back and forth between, between the motel on the one hand and uh, the fact that there's so many people, so many hundreds of people, thousands of people going to Disney on the other. So you have on the one hand, you have this sort of beautiful life, if you will. And on the other hand, you have people, you have people living, living in a miserable situation. Now, that's bad enough, but I've discovered uh, a couple of months back also that along Lee Road, uh, on the west side of, of I-4, there are, there are three very large motels. And I've been driving, like many of you, I've been driving past those motels for years. But I've come to the realization 
that those three motels are also short-stay motels. That is, living there are mostly, mostly families, mostly families who, uh, again, are involved either working along Lee Road or working at Disney World or whatever. But the bottom line is they're in the same situation as the people uh, close to Disney World. So, you know, you say to yourself, you know, what's the answer there? Uh, I'm told, for example, that between those three motels, there are at least 400 children. So it's a scary kind of situation. Uh, children growing, growing up in that situation um, with um, no place to play, uh, no privacy at home, uh, family with no cooking facilities, etc., etc. So during the last couple of months, a couple of us uh, parishioners, with parishioners, we've been talking about, you know, what can we do in that situation? Can we do anything as a parish? Um, so we've been, we've been tossing it back and forth. And the danger sometimes is that uh, you enter a situation like that not knowing the full story. And sometimes, you know, in the, in the long run, you do more harm than good. So we've been sort of mo moving very slowly. But we've decided that uh, after Christmas, we're going to have sort of a, as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to help the children, that we're going to have a go back to, a go back to school opportunity where they uh, get whatever, whatever, whatever the needs are as far as going back to school. So that's happening uh, after Christmas. And so, uh, I mean, that's probably the first time you've heard about this. And some of you may say, well, you know, that's nice. But over the, over the last couple of months here at the, at the parish, we've had, a, we've had a Thanksgiving store, we've had a Christmas store, uh, and both of them have been a wonderful success. Uh, the response of the prisoners in terms of bringing in toys and other goods has been tremendous. Also, the, the amount of volunteers involved in both of those situations uh, has been huge. So um, maybe more volunteers than we needed. But in a sense, it was truly a blessing. But some of you might be, say, might be inclined to say at this stage, have, have we not sort of done enough in, ter in terms of outreach for the moment? Well, you know, if you're in a situation as a family, if you're already stretched, then certainly we understand that. And we're not expecting any family to, to do any more than they possibly can. So you need to keep, uh, sort of keep that in mind. I think also, I think uh, individuals may, may be inclined to say, well, you know, here we are just 10 days before Christmas. And, you know, the gospel reading today talks about being joyful. Um, or should I say, the readings talk about being joyful. And this is not a very joyful message. Should it be otherwise? Well, you know, you can sort of ju judge that for yourself. But in a sense, this is as good a time as any to, in a sense, present this message. And, and, and in essence, um, you know, to answer that question, 
you know, are we supposed to be joyful at this time of year? Well, I think it's important to, in a sense, look at the gospel reading today and look at the sort of dialogue that took place between, between um, Jesus and John the Baptist or the representative of John. That is, John uh, was at, at, this, at this stage was in prison and somehow he's not sure in terms of the ministry of Jesus, whether or not, whether or not uh, because it's different from his ministry, whether or not uh, it's the real thing, number one, and number two, whether or not he is the Messiah. And this is the response, this is the response of, of Jesus to, to those who came from John the Baptist. He says, go and tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the good news preached to them. Now, you know, what's, I think what's most important at this time of the year is not necessarily whether you're joyful or not. What's most important is that you're attempting to do what Jesus asked of you. So this is what Jesus was about. This is his ministry. And to the extent that we endeavor to fulfill that ministry in our own lives, whether we're joyful or not, I think ultimately doesn't make that much difference. You know, here we are 10 days from Christmas, and I think that, you know, every day we have been bombarded with basically the same message. The message coming from the media is, this is what you need at this time of year. This is what you need in order to feel fulfilled. This is what you need in order to feel happy. Well, you know as well as I do that any mater anything material at the end of the day, it's not going to bring you happiness. It's not going to fulfill you. We know that fulfillment and happiness is found in Christ alone. So keep in mind that what's most important is not what we receive. What's most important in life is what we're able to give. The difference that we're able to make in the world in which we live. So in conclusion, just keep in mind the words of uh, St. Francis of Assisi in his beautiful prayer where he reminded us that it's in giving that we receive and it's in dying to ourselves that we're born to eternal life. Amen.